Abba Yahweh, bless the sharing of this, your word, your truth, your knowledge that you have imparted to me, your wisdom that you've shared with me, Father. Trust in me with this treasure, your treasure of your word, Father God, your truth. Father God, thank you for this. And thank you for the new teaching that you're bringing to me through the old ways, the old words. Father God, Hashem. Hashem, Lord God, that Ezekiel called you when you took him by spirit and you took him to the valley of the dry bones. The hand of Hashem, Lord God. You are my Lord God. You are my Abba Yahweh. Father God. You are that to us, Father. Yahweh Aman. Yeshua Aman. Parakritos Aman. Brothers and sisters, so I'm going to get um, some things I'm going to share with you are going to appear or sound a bit redundant. They might very well begin. They probably are. I've shared with you before. I'm an old guy and I don't remember stuff like I used to, although I do know that I shared this with you before. Um, there's this thing that some may understand if you're an older person or spent time in the military, you'll know of this thing called PSYOPs, as psychological warfare. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you again that the enemy, Satan, uses psychological warfare big time against us. And I remind you again that we are told by the scripture, by the word of God, that we are in a spiritual battle. And the battles are against principalities and those of darkness, demons. They are real. They exist. And God made a suit of armor for us. All we have to do is put it on. Now, I'm going to share with you again, which I've shared with you before, there are those that, even Christians, they don't want to hear about Satan. Oh, let's not focus on Satan. Let's just, let's just read about the good stuff and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's not worry about that. Well, brothers and sisters, that's a bunch of baloney, and that's also contrary teaching to the Bible, okay? And to, this is part of the psyops, or psychological warfare, that the enemy uses, and he puts that seed of thought into the minds of those that are weak-minded, that have not spent time enough in the Word and seek the Word. Yes, we are not to fixate on the enemy, but to ignore the enemy and pretend that he does not exist and that it is not real and that there are better things in the Bible to read about is foolishness. And I will say that to you now, don't be a fool. And if you're offended, then that's because you're seeking offense. Remember what I told you about that? If you look for offense, you're going to find it. And let me tell you this also, brothers and sisters. If you're offended by the truth that I speak, then you better get back in the word deeper and seek that. Jesus Christ told his disciples that the enemy and the demons that he has and uses against us are like ravaging wolves that seek 
whom they may devour. Jesus Christ told his disciples that. Do you think that he would tell them something that was not factual? Do you think that Jesus Christ would warn the disciples of an enemy like that if it wasn't real and necessary for them to know about? But he also reminded them to fix their gaze upon the Father God in heaven and faith, brothers and sisters. Peter also described Satan as the lion in the bush, making noise and loudness, seeking whom he may devour. And I shared with you before that the lions, the way that they hunt at nighttime, to hear them and, oh my gosh, it is frightening. Even if you know where they were, are, and even if you know what it is to hear that at nighttime, the, just that sound, it's no wonder their prey gets scared and take off and run. And then that's their downfall. So brothers and sisters, I share this with you. If you choose to ignore the existence of the enemy, the accuser, the liar, the condemner, and he who points his finger and choose to ignore that existence because you want to hear about all the prettiness that also is in the word, then you are a fool. Because the enemy is real. And that is part of his psychological warfare is to get you to not pay attention to his reality and the fact that he does exist and that you choose to ignore it and, or pretend that it's not there. We're not to, supposed to fixate on that, brothers and sisters, but to ignore his existence is just, it's like going into a battle when I spent time in the service to not know where and what your enemy was about and as much intel as you could possibly be gathered about the enemy just so you could go waltzing through the fields and the brush and the trees and the mud and the rice paddies and everything else and, and you know, just enjoy all the scenery or whatever was out there and ignore that the enemy was real and existent would get you dead. And brothers, I'm talking about spiritual death because that is also real. And what he wants, nothing more than to have us separated and apart from the reality of God, which is what we need to fixate on, is the fact that Jesus Christ came for us. He came to redeem us. And he came to set us free. And brothers and sisters, that is the truth. And that's what we fixate on. We fixate on the fact that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and that God just wants us to have faith in him. That's where our fixation needs to be, but not to ignore the existence of the enemy. The enemy is real, and he does use psychological But This is why I share with you, we must put on the full armor of God from top to bottom. And what is that thing on the top? The helmet of what? Salvation. Because that is where our redemption comes from. Redemption. Paid for. Taken back. It's been paid in full, brothers and sisters. And I say that to jump over here on this and this lesson that I... I was in this morning, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lessons. 
sometimes we feel very alone. And we feel alone because we don't see God. But God is much nearer and close to us than we think or believe because we don't see him. But see, this is what the enemy feeds on. He feeds that thought process, and he loves us to believe it. He loves to get us discouraged. But brothers and sisters, we need to realize and understand that we're connected by a bond of love of our Father God, Abba Yahweh, Adonai, that are so strong, nothing can sever them. Remember I shared with you that David wrote that in the book of Psalms, height nor depth nor distance, nothing can separate us from God's love. There is nothing alive, nothing in existence that can separate that. That includes the devil, Satan, the enemy, his minions. They can't separate us from him. And trust me in this, brothers and sisters, this is truth. This is hardline truth. They have not any authority to take anything away from any true believer in Jesus Christ and God our Father. They do not have that authority. And when people hear, and I've heard them say it, I've actually corrected some, and then some get, want to get all kinds of twitchy about it. And they get their knickers in a twist. Well, that's too bad because they're not following the word of God. Jesus Christ has given us authority over the snakes and the scorpions. That's Bible speak for demons. They don't have the authority to take anything from us. What they can do is they can carry away what we surrender to them. If you give it to them, well, yeah, they're going to walk away with it. But if you rebuke them and you claim the blood of Jesus Christ and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, they can't take it from you. They cannot take it from you. And that's the truth according to Jesus Christ and the word of God. They don't have the authority to just come and snatch things away from us. This is why God repeatedly through his word says, be not afraid nor dismayed. Don't be discouraged, be encouraged. I am with you always. I'm with you wherever you go. I'm not far away from you. And like I'm telling you here, all you have to do is ask for your spiritual eyes to be opened and the scales to fall away and your spiritual ears to be opened. That's what Jesus talked about with the Sanhedrin, that they didn't comprehend it. They didn't get it. We heard what you said, but who are you? You're not who you claim to be. They didn't hear the truth because they weren't opening their spiritual ears and eyes to hear it. They were so caught up in their arrogance and they were so being fed and persuaded by the enemy. But it was all part of the plan anyway. Brothers and sisters, Spiritual hearing and spiritual eyes is what's important. And remember, importantly for that, 
is that in Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And Paul reminds us too that we walk by faith and not by sight. People get so wrapped up in, in physical sight and physical hearing, they forget to look all around and see everything that God does. Open your spiritual eyes and ears, brothers and sisters, and it's there. It's there. Psalms 90, 14. Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. David is talking about God's grace and his mercy to us. Brothers and sisters, we are saved by grace and not by our works, at all by our works. We don't deserve anything at all that God bestows on us. It is by his grace and mercy that we don't get what we deserve. He holds back on what we do deserve and graciously, lovingly gives us free gifts. Brothers and sisters, it's freely given. And this is what perturbs Satan so much and why he works so hard at keeping us from God and keeping us at distance. This is real, brothers and sisters. The closer that we get with him, the harder things get. Brothers and sisters, the enemy is our accuser. He points his finger and he condemns and he lies to us. He wants us to be spiritually deaf and he wants us to be blind and not see these things that God has around us and that he gives to us that are free. He wants us not to see or hear any of that stuff. And when I hear the birds singing and see, oh, like these clouds today, I love the fact that God gets out there and I tell him so. When I'm at a time point on my job and I got a little break and I'm out there looking at these clouds, I tell God that I love his sculpting that he takes these things and he pushes them up and he forms these cumulus clouds that get so big and lofty. And then at nighttime, when he has a lightning display, I love his fireworks and I tell him so. Brothers and sisters, I love the fact that God has opened my spiritual eyes and my ears. So when I hear the birds singing, I hear him singing. I hear the angelic hosts of heaven singing through the birds. And when he does these, oh, these things that are so wonderful out there, and you look around and you see it and you hear it, it's God. It's God talking to us and sharing with us. And it's such a great thing, brothers and sisters. It's so awesome. And... I share with you here in Acts 17, 27, and 28 that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We are his children, brothers and sisters. 
God shares these things with us because we are his, because he loves us. This is God's gifts to us, brothers and sisters. And poets have written about it. And it's being written of right here. They're sharing right there that the poets even in that time talk about it. Brothers and sisters, our poets today write about these things. And some of them even have the gumption to actually express the fact that it's God. But so many in this world find that offensive. Why? Because they're looking for something to be offended by. And the best thing for them to be offended about are Christians. You have everyone. And then you have those Christians that will back down. They'll step aside. They'll acquiesce. And then they compromise. And that is just exactly what Satan wants to do. He drives that. Derision, separation, having us apart. But here's one of the one of the greatest things, and in this in my lesson, and my teacher is so I love this man. He's such a great teacher. And he was sharing about this. And many theologians share this same thought process that Romans 8 is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, book in the Bible. And why is that? Because, brothers and sisters, not only is it our adoption letter... But it is also, brothers and sisters, it is our declaration of independence. And you might say, well, how is that? Well, brothers and sisters, turn to that book. And you're going to see, and I'm going to share with you just the first several verses out of Romans 8. But first, I'm going to go back to Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now if we turn over to Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, that is the preamble to our Declaration of Independence. And where does condemnation come from, brothers and sisters? Condemnation comes from the enemy, the accuser, the liar. And that's what he does. He accuses. And you know, brothers and sisters, when he tries to convince God that, oh, look what they did. Look what they did. Look what they've done. Look what they're doing. And God says, Is there a defense for these whom he accuses? And who stands up? Jesus Christ stands up. And why? Because he said in the word, 
that he prays for us every single day. Every day he prays for us. He's in prayer over us. Intercessory prayer on our behalf, brothers and sisters. And just like he told Peter, he told Peter that Satan seeks to shake him and sift him like the shaft. And Jesus said, I pray for you. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ prays for us every single day. And brothers and sisters, this is such an important book. It is so cool. I love, I love this book. I love this chapter. And I, in my side note, this is my adoption letter. So let's continue to verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Why? Because Jesus Christ came and sacrificed himself for the fact that sin has no more bondage on us, nor does death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Brothers and sisters, I've shared this with you before too. Geologically speaking, valleys are open on both ends. We will enter death but we will exit death into heaven, eternity, with Jesus Christ, God the Father, and our loved ones. It's not a closed-off box canyon that the devil wants us to believe and that we don't have to succumb to the law of death anymore because Jesus Christ wrested the keys from Satan who had dominion over death. That's why so many people fear death. And people fear death now. What? If you're a true believer, there is no fear. And brothers and sisters, he didn't have to wrestle the keys from Satan. He, in his authority, wrested the keys. There's a difference. He didn't wrestle them. He just reached out, grabbed onto the keys, and he took them right out of his hand. That's what that means. He didn't have to wrestle them for him. He wrested them from him. He took them. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Brothers and sisters, Right there, Jesus Christ sent that law into the dark abyss. He came. He overcame the world. He overcame death. And he overcame because the law of sin, if you remember the scripture, for the wages of sin is death. Brothers and sisters, for true believers and those that walk after the Spirit and seek Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God, which right there, shared it with you, and faith in God that does not apply. Brothers and sisters, it is so awesome 
that we have that. And it's, there's so many today that are, are they're so dazed and confused when, when anything happens new around. And in this world, they start to get into a panic mode. And why do you suppose that happens? Because of the lack of studying in the Word of God. And one of those most vital books is right here. Right here, I just shared that with you, brothers and sisters. And this is just part of that instruction manual for our life's walk, the Bible. This right here is such a magnificent book of that Bible. The book of Romans is our adoption letter and it's our declaration of independence. It gives us, as my teacher was saying, what he called it, he called it the revolutionary freedom. Brother and sister, we just have to remember that and seek that. The Bible is full of empirical truths, things that just cannot be ignored. You can choose to deny and refuse to that. But see, remember that God made us a free will choice creation. And there are those that choose to not be aware of the enemy and choose to just have narratives shared to them about all the pretty stuff. They choose for that. And that's why they stay dazed and confused and things and why they keep saying, oh, oh, I got robbed of my joy today. No, you surrendered your joy today. You don't have joy today because you surrendered it. You gave it up. You became dismayed. You became discouraged and you didn't talk to God. You didn't pray through the Holy Spirit to give you utterance to, for what to pray for and you gave it up. Okay, so here's the thing, brother and sister, no matter what's going on around me, I refuse to become fearful. I refuse because this word tells me all these things and it's all relevant. It is all relevance. When Ezekiel went to the valley of the dry bones, Hashem, Lord God, took him there. Hashem, Lord God, the Spirit, showed him the dry bones. And he told Ezekiel to prophesy over them. Brothers and sisters, that vision that God gave to Ezekiel was for the nation of Israel because they had been scattered all over the place through the different kings and kingdoms that came and waged war against them and drove them and took them in bondage and slavery. And this is what God was telling Ezekiel, that they were going to come, they were going to have their land, they were going to be, they were going to come back and be the nation of Israel again. Now let's go back in our modern history a little time. I think it was in 19, was that 1942? I don't remember the date. I'm an old guy, I forget stuff, okay? Give me a break. But the nation of Israel and the United Nation, they came to meet and they decided that this was a thing. They voted on this and they said, yeah, Israel's going to have their own, it's going to be, their, they're going to have their own land. It's going to be theirs again. Yes, let's do that. And they all voted that they should do that. Of course, there were some naysayers, as there 
always are, even in our Christian walk. But they said, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. So we're saying that the Bible's not relevant and it's different. How is it different? I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, I don't see it. See, I, I stay in this word, I stay in this book. I love to study this and I love to share with you. And as I shared with you, I might not have a theological degree as we're uh, looking for people that are validated by colleges here on this planet and have to have the, uh, what do they call them, the headmaster or the uh, the chancellor or whatever they call them at the university. They They have to sign a document and say, yeah, he graduated, he had the points. But see, I have a degree from HSU, Heaven Sent University. Heaven sent me knowledge. Heaven sent me the word. Heaven sent me spiritual hearing and sight so that I can get through here and understand and hear these things and go through these parables and share this thing. God has established this podcast for me to share with you, brothers and sisters, because he says, yeah, this is a good thing for you to do. I trust you with my treasury of the word because I believe you, Raven, will speak my truth and you will not establish it for your own glory, that you will establish it for my glory and for the glory of my son who I sent. And yes, brothers and sisters, that's exactly what I do. This is for the glory of God, my heavenly father, Abba Yahweh, Adonai, Hashim, Yeshua, his only begotten son that came to save us, to redeem us, to pay for what we have done. Brothers and sisters, yes, that is what my sharing the word is all about. What my purpose is, is to do this. And I will do it. And I am invincible until God says I'm done. I don't care what man, mammon may say. That's non-gender specific, incidentally. That's why I use the word mammon because it's not man or woman. Mammon just describes world kind down here who like to be arrogant and think that they have all the answers to everything. However, my God is above that. He is sovereign to all these things. And I would rather be standing in the gap for God's word and be judged of mammon than to stand with mammon and point my fingers and accuse in judgment and be derisive and deal with the color tonation of people's skins and all of that rather than being, and then, and then have God look at me and say, why did you do that? Oh, no, brothers and sisters. I look to be righteous, standing upright and have God say, you did a good job, thank you. His validation is the validation that matters, not anyone else's. And why I'm not fearful, brothers and sisters. Remember, fearful drives people to reactions that are not good. And fear is the false evidence appearing real. And it's also a pseudonym for Satan. He is called fear. He is a liar. And fear is a liar. And there was a song even written about a contemporary young Christian Wow. Brothers and sisters, this is such a great book. 
It is our declaration of freedom. It's our declaration from sin and death, the penalty of sin. We are not going to perish. Brothers and sisters, keep seeking the faith. Keep seeking the truth. Keep seeking the word. And we will not perish. And remember, brothers and sisters, that perishing is the eternal separation from God. It's not just dying and being laid in the ground, which is where we're not going to stay anyway. Brothers and sisters, perishing is the eternal separation from God. And I pray that no one gives that. And here's another verse that's of import, Romans 3.25, whom God has set forth to be appropriation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Brothers and sisters, that right there, pretty much in a nutshell, God set it forth and his son came to do that. And what did he do? He came to take the place And he paid with his blood for us, brothers and sisters. It's important that we not forget that. It is important that we know and we seek that. And brothers and sisters, if you've not taken the opportunity to do so, I would urge you to do so. It's a really easy thing to do. And it's very simple to do. And actually in Mark 16, 16, we have that declaration here. That's very easy. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. What does that mean? Well, brothers and sisters, you choose to turn your back on Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God and you don't want to have faith in God, then you're going to perish. You'll be eternally separated. And you're going to find out that when the trumpet sounds and the king, the lion of the tribe of Judah comes back with a crown on his head and he comes to the hosts of heaven and all the saints are going to come back and they're going to witness all this. And then if you are the, one of the non-believers or the many that have cho- chosen to say that it's not true, you're going to be compelled to be on your knees and you're going to look up and you're going to see all of this and you're going to say, why didn't I believe them? Why didn't I believe them? Brother and sister says right here, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's all you have to do is say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. I have faith in God. And by his grace, I am saved through faith. Pretty simple. Pretty simple, really. And that is our Declaration of Independence again. We don't have to wrangle with the enemy because Jesus Christ came and dealt with all of that. But brothers and sisters, trust me when I tell you that Satan and his minions, they will work ceaselessly on trying to shake us and disrupt our walk with God. We cannot ignore the fact that he exists. 
He's real, and he's going to try to keep us from that. And brothers and sisters, we're not going to get closer to God and then all of a sudden levitate off the ground and just float around. It doesn't work that way. This world is a broken place. But we have the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ that's been done with this. And we have to remember that Satan is the accuser. And he drives us into believing what has happened is a truth. And he tries to keep us condemned. And if we stay tied up in what he accuses us of and we stay bound to the past, just remember Romans 8, 1. Therefore now no condemnation in them who are in Christ Jesus covered all those covered all of that brothers and sisters I'm going to share something that that one of my teachers Dr. Jeremiah love this guy here and he shared a poem and I like this actually I like this saying his poem that he wrote There are two natures that beat within my chest. One I love and one I hate. The one I feed will dominate. Which one do you choose to feed? As I've shared with you before, brothers and sisters, God has determined the tonation of the skin color, but the character of our heart is up to us. Which one are you going to feed? The hatred for the color of the skin or their race or what they have or have not? And you're going to believe the accuser? Or are you going to accept the declaration of independence that was given to us by the blood of Jesus Christ and say, I will feed the character of love and the word of God? Brothers and sisters, all we have to do is to repent and ask for that through Jesus Christ. And it's ours. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And here's the thing that is important to remember too is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, for all of us, for all that we have done. And in accepting that and saying, yes, I believe, it's a done deal. And if you fall and you do something, you trip up, you err, all you have to do, this doesn't separate. See, here's the other thing that Satan tries to get us to believe is that that separates us from God. No, it doesn't. Our repenting to what we erred in is just telling God, Oh, God, yes, I I fell. Forgive me. And what does he do right away? He puts his arms around and he forgives because he loves you. And he knows that you've accepted the fact that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son. And you have faith in him. And he forgives right away. It doesn't separate you. But see, the devil likes you to get, he wants you bound up in what you did or what you have done recently or even what you did in the past. He likes you to look in the past. And he wants you to stay bound up in that. Remember, where does God throw all this stuff? Where does he throw it? Into the sea 
of forgetfulness. Brothers and sisters, we swim back on the prompting of the enemy and his psychological warfare that he puts into our head. We swim back there and dive down and pick that stuff up and bring it back and throw it up in the attic. The attic, of course, be in our mind. And then what happens? The little serpents and scorpions slither and scamper up the steps, and then they start kicking around those boxes, knock them over, the lid comes open, and all that stuff that happened back then comes flooding out, and the dust cloud gets up, and then your eyes get cloudy and your ears get clogged up, and they're stomping around up there, and then you're bound up by all the stuff that happened way back when that God already forgave us for. The devil drives that. The enemy's real. His psychological warfare is real. And he likes to pull a lot of shenanigans. Um, And the magicians use what they call the illusion and the prestige. Okay, the illusion is the smoke and mirrors part, and they have you look at this hand, but what's going on in the other hand, you're, you're drawn away from it because the action that's going on to the left hand. You can't pay attention to what's going on in the right hand, or the right hand's hidden. And then all of a sudden when the prestige happens, the big climactic trick, it's like, whoa, it's like magic. Except the only problem is that when Satan does his stupidity, this stupid stuff, it's not very prestigious. It gets you bound up. It gets you dismayed. It gets you discouraged. And then you flounder around and you kick yourself. And it's not very prestigious. It can be kind of ugly, actually. But brothers and sisters, he drives with fear and condemnation. God is love. And now, therefore, there is no condemnation. So what do you do? And what do you believe? Are you going to believe the condemnation? Or are you going to believe the truth that is in Romans 8.1? And also, brothers and sisters, in John 8.36. This is a pretty important passage that I'm going to share as well. And it all ties in. It's all relevant. As the word of God is all relevant. To one another. Everything is. And it can be, it's all contextual. But if you take things out of context and you make them that way, then they're not. In John 8, verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Period. Exclamation point. The Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, came, died on the cross for our sins so that we may be set free. Indeed. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I pray for you. Am I going out? Am I coming in? I will remind you that as many times as it takes me to do. Or... Some of you might say, oh, again, he says that. Yeah, again. And it will be done so until I take my last breath. Because as I've shared with you just moments ago, I'm invincible until God says otherwise. When God tells me I'm done, it's time to come home, then I'm done. Because... 
tomorrow is not mine, it's his. And brothers and sisters, I love you. I pray for you. Am I going out? Am I coming in? As I've done so already. Have a blessed day. Be encouraged.